0: Welcome to the Milk Bar.
1: Welcome along to episode 492 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever this week. And on the way we'll be talking about music therapy. We will be talking about Mars. What with the excitement of the Mars lander this week. uh, We'll be finding out more about the red planet from a Mars expert. We'll be having a bit of a natter about engineering. That's on the way. And you can find out what happened when I caught up with the cast of West Bromwich Operatic Society's West Side Story as part of the Facebook Live at the Grand. That's on the way, alongside some fantastic Christmas songs. We're going to put you in festive mood, I can tell you that much. But first of all, you wouldn't have thought it, but Doran is actually going to try and work three Christmases in a row. It's quite a scary concept. Dorian Tipton with me now, ready for Sleeping Beauty. How are you?
2: All right, Jace. Now, is I'm it, shattered.
1: You're shattered. You, you asked for the title role, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. Didn't Not, I get it? No. Now somebody else got it.
1: So you, you must be disappointed there. I'm
2: very disappointed.
1: But obviously it is panto. You've done this before. Yeah. and. I, th- I think the audiences really appreciate the, uh, the, the, the lack of effort that you put into
2: it. I think they do. I think, uh, you know, I'm amazing to watch. Yeah. Because so, of my lack of effort.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way you can just be you is amazing.
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, especially last year, because I don't really have a costume, did I? No. You, you were... So I just used to turn up at the theatre, roll onto the stage, say a few words and roll off. So, are they dressing you up this year? Because well,
1: you, you've got a bit of medical training this time around. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, as I, I, I told somebody else, I, I was trained in the St John's ambulance many years ago. Really? So, mouth to mouth. Okay. And I've been practising that
1: for, for quite a lot. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I am in scaphons. That's that's good to know. Yeah. I think. But I, I thought I thought we could do is it's a bit of a in game show. Would that be okay? Yeah, come on. Because we've got some fantastic prizes over here. I can
2: see. I've got the eye on them puffs.
1: Yeah, so there's some, some Cheetos Puffs over there, we've got some Skips, we've got some Toblerone, a Quality Street and a Chocolate Orange. Oh, no. And I, I've, so got I've got some questions in, in my then. phone. Okay, go so... On. I, Thramatly, I've, Thramatly. I've got, hang on, I've got to unlock my phone first. What we're going to do is we're going to play Sausage or Syndrome. Right. Because you have a syndrome, don't you?
2: And I've got a sausage.
1: Okay, so yeah. you'll, be, you'll be well-versed in yeah. all of this. We're not taking the mickey out of any of the syndromes we mention here. We're just doing this for a bit of fun with Dory. There we go, I think that's the disclaimer sorted. Thank you. So, okay, let's, let's go to start off with with kaplan Ka- is is that a sausage or a syndrome kaplan is a syndrome very good it's yeah. a combination of arthritis and something i can't pronounce
2: and i know i suffer very bad from it
1: did you got that one yes yeah. so okay I could, do I get a prize? you can have a prize. what would you like from our prize table skips.
2: I want having some
1: skips that's good that's okay so it out. next one is Lucan Issa. a sausage it is a rustic pork sausage oh, no. in ancient Roman cuisine. I like a rustic pork
2: sausage. <laughs> so I'll have the teddy's chocolate tartine.
1: Okay, you're doing well for prizes so far. Next one, Moronga. Moronga. Is that a sausage or a syndrome?
2: That's a sausage.
1: Okay, where's that one from? Any ideas?
2: Uh, I reckon that's from brazil it's It's like a
1: black pudding it's 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 from cuba and uh but it's central america so you did well there Uh, they do serve it in brazil as well i think and uh yep it's uh onions chili peppers and boiled in the pig's large intestine
2: that's right because i had some when i was in brazil
1: okay i
2: spent a lot of time in brazil
1: i'd heard stories about such things but i thought i would misunderstood the term brazilian but there we are yeah oh that mm, okay that's good. Next one, uh, egg drop. Oh, hang on, you could grab a Prize. you have the toga round? Egg, yeah.
2: egg nog or egg drop? Egg drop. Syndrome.
1: It is, and... No. It, it You're
2: to... amazed at you. I'm, 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 I'm shocked.
1: Um, yeah. A viral disease in birds. That's right, yeah, terrible. It's... Our
2: chickens suffer terrible
1: things, <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. okay. She's doing well here. Oh, yeah. I've, dropped,
2: I've dropped it and unwrapped it. We'll, 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 that yeah. way. No. On.
1: Okay. on. Uh, final one for you, because we have one prize left, oh. is Gilbert's syndrome. Oh God! I've given the game away on that one. We? We'll do another one. We'll do another one. Do I say I, I have Gilbert's syndrome. You see, so that, I I have that one. Yeah, well, I have it. Yeah. What is it? Oh, it's a, it's a liver dysfunction. Is it? Yeah, it's apparently it can leave me feeling tired uh, with weakness and abdominal pain. I can yeah, no, I could. I could yeah, come and join you on a it somewhere and just relax. Yeah. Just fine. Okay, we'll have another go. Okay, Glamorgan So sausage syndrome.
2: It's a sausage. It is
1: well done. You know the Cheetos. Thank you. There we go. Good job. I prep six, uh, six questions for, for uh... you. No, it's, it's always good to see you. It's good to see
2: you. it is
1: like it stuff. is like Christmas. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what else have you got in store for everyone in the run up to the festive period? Are you just going to be sitting out the bed and doing your shopping? I'm just
2: chilling, or? eating all this stuff that i just put on my lap.
1: You're just going to relax now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, do you have to go back to sleep for a few weeks I'm before? I'm
2: going back to
1: sleep now. But it's going to be amazing seeing you on stage at the Grand again for Christmas in the hotel, yeah. yeah, Sleepy Beauty, from the 8th of December through to the 13th of January, she may well still have some quality street left by then. Which, which is your favourite in there? <laughs> uh, quite, no, you're pretty skip. Pretty, you, yeah, being I quite the, OK that's the way to do it as I was saying 8th of December through to the 13th of January grandtheatre.co.uk is your website to get your tickets or call the box office on 01902 429212 Doreen thank you
2: thank you guys
1: right time for a bit of a festive wake up call it's not far to Christmas less than a month until we'll be opening our presents so let's get ourselves in the mood with Feliz Navidad this is Joaquin Torres
3: Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad próspero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad, Navidad próspero año y felicidad I want to Feliz Navidad, próspero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, próspero año y felicidad. I want to wish you a merry Christmas. I want to wish you a merry Christmas. I want to wish you a merry Christmas from the bottom bottom From the bottom of my heart Oh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas I want to wish you a Merry Christmas Oh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas From
1: the bottom of my heart Jerkin Torres and Felice Navidad here on The Milk Bar Bell cancer is the UK's second biggest cancer killer, with almost 42,000 people diagnosed with bell cancer every year in the UK. Yet a poll of 2,000 men has suggested that nearly half of them are unable to spot any signs of this killer cancer. To tell us more, I'm joined now by the Director of Fundraising at Bell Cancer UK, Luke Squires. Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon. Good to speak to you today, Jason. Well,
1: good to talk to you too. And uh, it's something that's uh, quite close to to my thoughts on the grounds that I have ulcerative colitis, so I'm already high up there on the list of uh, potential bowel cancer sufferers in later life. And it is something that we do need to understand and make sure that we're keeping track of early signs, which means this could be treated in a lot much more successful way.
4: Absolutely. You're spot on. Um, I can give you a a bit of a clue about some of those symptoms and signs to keep an eye out for, if that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, there are are really five key signs to to take a look at, really. If you're bleeding um, when you go to the toilet or if you notice any blood in your stool, uh, if you have a persistent and unexplained change in in your bowel habit, um, if you have unexplained weight loss, uh, extreme tiredness for no obvious reason, Uh, or uh, a pain or lump in your tummy. So what what we say, say here at Bowel Cancer UK is if you have one or more of these symptoms, or if you just think things just don't feel right, go to see your GP.
1: Yeah, and people often worry about what to do if they do go into their GP. But having had a number of colonoscopies and uh, you know, knowing that it's actually not that bad to actually do this, it is an important check. And this is something which, as we get older, uh, we're encouraged to actually have done anyway. In addition to the other tests that are available as part of the uh, the screening for this.
4: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are worried at all uh yeah please do go and get checked it's it's uh not as scary as you as you may think um and that's why it's really really important that we're uh you know promoting december today and and talking about that because it's going to raise awareness of the disease raise awareness of the the importance of having that conversation and starting that conversation and uh, hopefully raising some money uh, as well to to help us support our work to to get more people talking about it.
1: Yeah, because beard is something really fun, interesting and a good talking point and obviously we, we don't normally sit around and talk about our bells so it is important to, to actually make sure that we are thinking of things which could be causing us harm. So December, tell us more about this one.
4: We do talk about our bouts a lot our County UK. Well, oh, you guys uh,
1: do, but the rest of us don't, do
4: we? <laughs> uh, absolutely. But but uh, December um, itself is dead simple. Uh, come thirtieth of November, have a full clean shave of your of your face, and uh, uh, and then throughout December, grow a beard uh, and get sponsored to do that um, and raise awareness of that through your social media um, channels. And if you don't have social media channels uh or a profile on that just talk to one another about it if, if you if somebody says oh you're growing a beard uh just say yeah i'm, I'm taking part in december and, and and i'm supporting bowel cancer uk to do that because it's important to raise awareness of this disease um because it, if diagnosed early it can be treatable and curable
1: and you get to look a bit like father christmas as we head through the month as well so it's, it's exactly. a win-win situation
4: it's very seasonal it's very festive and also if you've already got a beard Um, and you, you want to shave it off on the 30th of November, brilliant. But if you don't want to, you can decorate it or dye it or just get involved in one way or another.
1: I'm thinking baubles and tinsel could look fantastic on a big bushy beard.
4: It really, really does.
1: That would work well, wouldn't it? So it really would. It's a, it's a bit of fun in a serious cause, and yeah. I know there, uh, there are often people putting pressures on us to, uh, to, to put our financial uh, uh, weight behind a different campaign every day of the week. But this one, it right. really is a, a massive problem, uh, particularly with men across the UK. So it is important that the boys out there are doing their bit with a beard.
4: Exactly, exactly, and anybody can sign up. Uh, you can sign up at, uh, on our website, which is bowelcanceruk.org.uk uh, forward slash December.
1: And it's nice, easy spelling D E C E M B E A R D. It's took an R D. Yeah, an A R D. You should spell December wrong and turn it into a beard. So do it that <laughs> way, but UK forward slash December. And uh, does this mean that through all your media channels, you'll be rocking people with fuzzy phases as we head through the month of December?
4: That's the plan. That is the plan. The more you can shout about it, the better, because, as you say, you know, we need to put this disease on the map. It's not, it's not anywhere near uh, kind of the profile that it should be, uh, given the scale of the disease in this country. And, uh, yeah, we really need to nail that.
1: So this is a chance to make that change and to bring to the fore something which needs to talk about. It's not the most pleasant of subjects in its own way, but certainly one which we need to think about and make sure we are checking. And if you are concerned, talk to your GP and there will be on the bellcancer.org.uk website more information uh, about all of the symptoms so you can get uh, an idea. Don't worry unnecessarily, but do, if you've got any concerns, talk to somebody. That's the important thing.
4: That is exactly it.
1: And uh, do you have a beard now?
4: Not right now. No, I'm getting ready for December.
1: You're, you're priming yourself. So uh, are we talking extra biotin to keep the hair growing properly, that sort of thing, making sure the diet's oh, yeah. right for the biggest beard possible?
4: 100%. But beard oils, you know, moisturising, you know, really, really... It may even diet actually, because there's quite a lot of grey there now. But anyway
1: go for it see what we can do i think you just gonna look like father christmas it'll be brilliant the family will love you so once again (laughs) do get involved in december with the work that's been done by Bell cancer uk director of fundraising luke squires thank you for joining us
4: thank you jason thank you so much
1: time for something else festive this is do you hear what i hear performed by peter cater Peter Cater with Do You Hear What I Hear on the Milk Bar. A new survey reveals that one in ten Brits would love to move to Mars if they have the chance. To tell us more, I have Mars expert and science writer Stephen Petranich. Hello, sir.
5: Hello. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. And I trust we find you well?
5: Yes, Certainly. Good stuff. So I need to go to Mars.
1: You want to, well, yeah, Mars would be a great place to visit. I mean, the red planet is one of our nearest neighbours. So it is of great interest to, to everyone on Earth because it's one of those you can actually see, not quite as well as the moon, but you can actually see.
5: That's right. You look up in the sky and the, the thing that looks like a red star is actually a planet and, it's the, our best possible bet for another place to live.
1: Because uh, at least it's not too hot, which of course Venus and certainly Mercury are way too toasty for us. It hasn't got the nasty clouds of gas that Venus has got. It has got an interesting, huge open space for us to possibly use as a blank canvas for the human race.
5: Well, that's correct. There's, there's no surface water on Mars, so the um, amount of surface... Mars is a much smaller planet than Earth... But the uh, surface of Mars is equivalent to the dry land mass on Earth, which is about three-quarters covered by uh, water. So there's plenty of space on Mars uh, for humans to go to.
1: Now, fifth of Brits think it will be possible to move to Mars within their lifetime. So, it, what do you think uh, will be the, uh, the, the 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 real uh, advantage to us going there? Is it because we're going to need an extra room to live? Uh, because there'll be a lot of work that would have to be done to make the planet habitable for humans?
5: That's correct. It it takes an extraordinary amount of effort to terra what we call terraforming Mars, which is to make it more Earth-like, and. That requires um, some extraordinary events, like building a solar mirror in orbit around Mars that's 150 miles across that would uh, melt the frozen carbon dioxide at the poles on Mars, um, which would cause uh, a great deal more gas to go into the atmosphere. The atmosphere on Mars is very thin right now. It's only 1 100th as thick as uh, Earth's atmosphere. But and is the gravitational
1: field of the planet strong enough to hold that atmosphere in?
5: It, it probably is. It would. It's a continuous process messing with the atmosphere on Mars, and we might even create factories that would pump greenhouse gases into into the atmosphere on Mars. But Mars is doable as a as a terra as a terraforming project. We can make Mars much warmer, especially within about 20 degrees north latitude and 20 degrees south latitude of the equator. The average temperature on Mars um, is about minus 60 degrees centigrade. But in the middle of the summer on the equator, uh, the the, the surface temperature of Mars um, easily reaches 20 degrees centigrade. So, this is all doable. It's mostly a matter of money, not technology. We've had the technology to get to Mars and to terraform Mars for the last 40 years.
1: So it's it's having a, a reason to do that. Now, fingers crossed we don't destroy our own planet, causing us to need to live over that way. But it would be a, a great first outpost for the human race and a fantastic technological achievement. Uh, but obviously the, the travel time there, that's not like too long
5: either, is it? Well, right now it's about eight months to get to Mars on a rocket, but that's mostly a matter of... Um, How much fuel you're burning in the initial burn Um, most of the trip to mars is essentially a coast along gravitational fields Mm -hmm. so whenever you're traveling in space you're being pulled by some gravitational field somewhere whether it's the sun or the gravitational field of mars or whatever so most of it's a coast and uh, it depends how much fuel you have aboard to burn for your initial uh, launch and speed, and then of course, when you're halfway to Mars, you have to kind of turn the rocket around and begin to slow down, so that you won't go sh- flying by Mars. Yep. And again, the the atmosphere is so thin there that uh, aerobraking uh, on entry to Mars is n- not really adequate to slow the rocket down. So, as it is on Earth, you know, we've got such a thick atmosphere on Earth that. It actually slows any any kind of rocket that's re-entering the atmosphere quite re- quite readily without retro rockets. But on Mars, you need retro rockets to land on the surface.
1: So, I mean, do you think this within our lifetime thing is feasible, whether it be just revisit or to maybe set up a colony?
5: Well, I think it's not only feasible. I think it's going to happen much sooner than people think. I think the, the first humans will land on Mars by 2030, and. Um, and I, you know, Elon Musk, who, um, who owns a rocket company called SpaceX that is devoted to one single mission, which is creating su- a sustainable uh, colony on Mars, is predicting that um, there will be about 50,000 people on Mars by 2050. That's not that far away.
1: It isn't at all, so uh, that could be very, very interesting to see. I might just make it to then as well, so that would be very intriguing. I don't think I'm going to get there myself. However, if we do want to find out more about, more about Mars, there is, of course, the National Geographic series, which is running at the moment. It's second series.
5: That's correct. Uh, the, the second series takes place about 10 years after uh, the first series. The first series takes place in about 2033 when the first colonists are projected to arrive in the series, and this is about 10 years later, and now you have a colony of about 300 people. So you have a much more complex environment, much more, much richer stories about um, how people will probably interact on Mars, and we introduce the first commercial interests um, to Mars. We have miners coming to Mars, and of course they're not mining for gold or silver, or oil, they're mining for water, which will be by far the most important resource on Mars to find.
1: So it's obviously an interesting series that is all available through the National Geographic channels, and uh, they will have a catch-up service as well, won't they?
5: That's correct. That's correct. It'll be it'll be easy to see it, no matter if you miss it on regularly scheduled on Sunday nights. Uh, you'll be able to catch it again during the week.
1: So plenty of opportunities to see that. But it's 8 o'clock on Sunday evenings for the National Geographic Channel's Mars. Uh, but, I mean, it is an amazing subject, as I think you've been able to tell, one that interests me, as well as loads of people across the UK from the survey that we've seen. Maybe you'll get your wish. You'll be there one day, and uh, it won't just be writing papers on it. It'll be going along and playing with some samples. That'd be rather cool, wouldn't
5: it? Yeah, I'm kind of like uh, Elon Musk, who says that he would like to die on Mars, but not on impact.
1: <laughs> Good quote. And certainly a, a, a different way of, of living a life and uh, in, in a you know, different gravity, different sunset. It would be absolutely amazing. So obviously same sun, but it's going to look rather in, intriguingly different from up there, isn't it?
5: Well, I, I cannot imagine a greater adventure in your life and a more unique view of the world when you look up into the sky and you see earth as a pinpoint blue dot just as we see mars as a pinpoint red dot
1: and we'll be a bit more visible because we're bigger so that will help as well won't it
5: well we're not that much more visible you, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised the the photographs that come from the curiosity rover on the surface of mars show it's it's actually very hard to find earth in the in the martian sky at night it's it's not really any bigger to the eye than Mars is to us.
1: Fingers crossed that we do see something happening in line with the, the Mars series on National Geographic. But for now, Mars expert and science writer Stephen Petronek, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. We're keeping you very, very Christmassy here on The Milk Bar today. Very Merry Christmas is our next festive offering. This is from Lisa Pressman and Tim Ponzek. and Tim Ponzik and their Christmas offering. Brits have confessed that ABBA's Dancing Queen is their all-time favourite feel-good song. All this we found out because of European Music Therapy Day. To tell us more, I have music therapist and creative therapies lead at the Children's Trust, Claire Wood. Hello. Hi there. So obviously music is a massive part of all our lives, from setting the scene in a movie to those things that can make us cry when we hear a song that means a lot to us. But uh, obviously it can help in therapy too, and the Children's Trust have been finding out all about this.
6: That's
7: right. Um, At the Children's Trust, we work with um, children who have acquired brain injuries. So after um, a road traffic accident or another accident or illness, they've um, had uh, damage to their brain. This can impact them in so many ways. Um, They can find they've lost a lot of skills around talking and eating and and just taking care of themselves in the normal way. Um, And we use music as part of our um, rehabilitation program um, in a number of different ways. Um, including thinking about um, that emotional well-being. So just as we found in our survey about how all of us use music as a kind of a bit of a pick-me-up, young people might do that with us and choose to uh, be able to make quite joyful music or they might want to express something of their experience. I don't think uh, any of us can quite imagine what it would be like to have had um, such a life-changing experience as they've they've had. um, and children might choose to write songs with us about those experiences to express how they're feeling or improvise with us making a lot of, a lot of noise on the drums and electric guitar to express themselves.
1: And it is the way in which our, our minds work that can make all this happen, And it's like even, even with a brain injury. There's something there in the wiring where music is going to sort of reach, reach our souls really, isn't it? And it's, it's through that and through the expressiveness of, of writing a song that uh, you're able to use this to turn people's lives around and uh, even someone like you, yeah, Katrina LeWay is Walking On Sunshine which is up there on our list of uh, big songs which make a difference to us in the, the survey of those who haven't had this life-changing situation we all know that it is important in our world. and through the work of the, the Children's Trust you've got the extraordinary music box appeal that's actually raising funds to improve the accessibility to this therapy too
7: Yes, that's right, Um, which is really important because all of our music therapy programme is um, only possible because of the generosity of the public, so it's all fundraised for. We see ourselves though as really integral to the whole rehab process, both in that emotional support but also um, other aspects of rehab, so where children aren't um, able to uh, walk as well as they were before. We might work with physiotherapists, Um, as you were saying about the, the wiring in the brain, Rhythm is just so important um, to thinking about how we, how we move. Um, I was working last week with one of our brilliant physiotherapists and a really extraordinary young man who's so motivated to walk as well as he possibly can. And we were using a beat on the guitar just to get the quality of movement going better. And he was practically jogging with me in the end. <laughs> I was almost running with the guitar and just using that pulse and that beat to help him really improve those movements and so you know there's an evidence base for this and we're doing some research on on this type of work at the moment Um, but also be working with um, our brilliant speech and language therapists and occupational therapists seeing other ways in which music can can help young people that same kind of thing about movement will also use rhythm and singing in order to help young people speak again and speak more clearly again just a brain injury can just impact um, all areas of a child's life and it's just so powerful for them to be able to communicate again and to find their voice again
1: and i know um, that working with someone like elaine page one of your ambassadors uh, she is an advocate for all of this and it must be great having that sort of level of support from people who have such experience in the music industry as well knowing that their work can touch so many lives
7: Absolutely. Elaine is just such a fantastic ambassador for us and has worked with us for so many years and she's just a real inspiration.
1: Obviously you've got this campaign ongoing. If people want to find out more, where do they go to?
7: They can go to our website which is uh, thechildrenstrust.org.uk and find out a bit more about it.
1: Well keep up the good work, it sounds like fantastic stuff that you're doing and it must be so rewarding for you to be able to be involved in the care and treatment uh, of those who uh, they, they had life changed through no fault of their own and yeah, this is going to make such a, a massive difference and for all the family as well because they can share in the music that's made or the, the music that the, you know, these young people are actually you know, enjoying as part of their therapy.
7: That's right and hopefully give them ideas of uh, new ways of playing together as a family uh, ways of helping them because the rehab will be ongoing for these children even when they go back home it's a long you know it's a lifelong process really
1: well, www.thechildrenstrust.org.uk is where you can go to find out more about both the work and make a donation too but Claire Wood music therapist thank you for joining us thank you now somebody who's featured on the show in the past is rich kruger we've heard tracks from his album now he's going to do something a bit festive for us this is called kenny's it's always christmas time in this bar
0: It's always Christmas in this bar And it's always St. Pat's and also Halloween Nothing here's ever thrown away Here real art always has its say Kenny hangs a brand new work Just about every 30 days Look around, it's the 4th of July It's always Christmas in this bar At the bar a regular Proves once more he's just a xenophobic jerk is always out of tune but just the keys that work The sound man drinks the night away This mix might lead you to say That you have entered hell, but on hell's most festive holiday Oh, and it ain't only the piano that's been drinking I tip my hat to Kenny That is if I can only find my hat and there's a ring gold filled of stars that hovers proudly over the bar. And someone's playing that house guitar. It's always Christmas in this bar. Johnny's back from his last bender. He's mixing cocktails behind the bar. He wears silver rings, and he's put on a broad grim smile. He's got a brand new turquoise bolo time. For every woman, he's got a line. There'll be one more bender, but he won't return that time Outside on the corner, the young and old Share their papers, their pipes, and their pots Some still smoke tobacco, but weed says louder Up yours to the cost But late night, some guy drove a drunken car Through the front wall, right into the bar Thank God the feet's oven live, For some of us might just start Sunday meal All you need to do is say One prayer and buy yourself A couple beers Yeah I always tip the cook If I find he's still standing And I'm Proud to say I ain't never Thrown up after eating here But well, Somewhere on the earth there may be a bar I find stranger And the sound men and some women I'm real glad Johnny's gone go, 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 go. But a stranger's just a stranger here For less than one half a beer And the only fear we gotta fear Is when last call's called And it ain't only the piano that's been drinking Tell me, parents have you seen people Juggle people with their feet? And Picasso and George Bird shall hold court over Kenny's lovely bar. And it's my turn to play guitar. It's always Christmas in this bar.
1: It's always Christmas time in this bar, apparently. Kenny's, that is Rich Kruger here on the Milk Bar. From the 27th of November through to the 1st of December, West Bromwich Operatic are at the Grand Theatre with West Side Story, and I have quite a lot of five of the cast here with me. Hello! Hello! Hi. Hi. Uh, all right, let's, let's have introductions first of all. So let's start at this side. OK. I'm Tom Fletcher and I'll be playing the, the, the part of Tony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: I'm Jess Williams and I'll be playing Maria.
1: Which means it's great you get a song and everything about you. I know.
7: Which is nice, isn't it? (laughs) It Always nice. That's
8: always good. On this side of the room? Yeah, I'm Greg Yates and I'm playing the part of Shrank, the detective. I'm Tim Jones and I'm playing the part of Doc. I'm Dan Smith and
9: I'm playing Brie.
1: Great cross-section of the, of the cast, both in age and uh, different parts in the show. And West Side Story, obviously, we're based around a Shakespearean tale here, aren't we? But it's, it's not Shakespearean in either language or, uh, or attitude, I don't think, to be fair, is it? No. Uh, particularly for, for your two characters. So, t- tell us a bit about your, the, the situation you find yourselves in at the top of the show. Do you want to go? <laughs> no? OK, well,
9: well Tony he's um, ex-member of the, um, the, the, the American gang, the Jets, mm-hmm. um, and he falls in love. With a, a rival gang female, Maria, uh, and then the, the, love, the love story begins uh, and comes to quite a tragic
1: ending? Well, I think, yeah, we, we know that from the outset, which is good, but it's the journey along the way and the brilliant songs. And this is a song ridden show, isn't it? You can't move for classic numbers here, mm-hmm. and whether it be Maria or the whole host of, of other tracks we get. So, any favourites for, for you two guys?
7: Um, Maria is probably my favourite. I don't know if it's because it is about me or what, but... You're not it's... self-centred. No, not at all. <laughs> I love it so much. I think it's so nice, especially with the, the band call the other day. And, and, so and when you're
1: putting a show together like this, uh, that is when it starts to hit home, you're yeah. actually doing it. The rehearsals are the rehearsals, but as soon as you've got band call, then... Feels that, real. It, yeah, that's it. It goes absolutely crazy.
7: Yeah, it all comes to life.
1: Oh, that, that's all good. Right, this side of the room. Okay, who's, who's, hands up, who's got songs over here?
9: i got songs.
1: <laughs> and uh, so, so, Dan, are you going to tell us a bit about your numbers?
9: Uh, I do the Jets song, so it's about the gang, the Jets, the uh, American gang, who uh, we're not too happy about the Puerto Ricans coming into our uh, neighbourhood, so we're uh, getting together, we're getting ready to fight them. Uh, and then I've got a song called Cool, so that's uh, very dancey, and that is uh, about keeping it cool, you know, not letting, uh, not letting on that we're going to rumble.
6: Which
1: we did. Mm-hmm. Now, I must just point out, at this moment, that the, the boys at the end, you're not actually in costume, are you?
6: I'm not. No. Are you in costume? Because <laughs> nice you're, exactly,
1: you're, you're so close to being in costume, having come straight from work. Yeah. And Dan dresses like that all the time. Yes he does. Yeah, I'm not in costume. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. If you get to keep that hat after the show, you're going to be happy, aren't you Rick? So, uh, uh, on, on to you two then. So, uh, detectiveizing throughout the show, looking at for clues and whatever. Yeah, else.
8: yeah. We're we're the old geezers, and I suppose uh, everybody's relieved that we we're not singing. Um, <laughs> speak for
5: yourself. <laughs> we,
8: we nearly we nearly dance, but uh, no. I mean, um, Shrank is your your archetypical um, New York cop. Uh, mm-hmm probably seems like a bad man from the outside, but inside he's got a heart of gold. He's trying to keep these kids apart uh, and I think it's maybe quite topical, if you read the news in the last few days, everything that's going on, particularly in this country and uh, many other countries, where you've got rival gangs willing to, you know, uh, kill each other for who knows what. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, at the base of it, the, the adults, let's say, the older the older players, uh, we try to keep these kids apart and try to avoid the, the tragedy, but to, to no avail, I'm afraid. But an amazing story to tell, though, from
1: from from the age of the story itself. I mean, sets yeah in in New York, but still yeah, the the original tale really that uh, Shakespeare told those years ago.
8: Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And and I think that the the producer um, uh, and choreographer with this show has tried to take it back to to its basics from the 19, uh, 1950s, mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 raw and that's, that's the way they, they want it to be.
1: Yeah, so, and so you've got a,
8: a great choreography team.
1: Uh, on the poster down here, Steve Elias uh, from BBC Two's uh, Dancing Town and had a great chat with, with Steve. And the energy that he's brought to this must be absolutely amazing because I'm guessing that, I would say, you do a little bit of dancing but the other three, mm-hmm. um, a few moves in there, I take it.
9: Absolutely not for me. So
6: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he does quite yeah, quite a bit of dancing. He does the most. I try, I try out
9: of all of us. Yeah, yeah. steve has been great. Um, from every movie, he's made us do it in a certain way, and then put a lot of energy into it um, to to fit into like kind of like the Jerome Robbins thing, but then also with our take on it. So he's been really good. He's been really good. And, and he's a lot of dance.
1: Yeah, and, and but that that's brought its own style to this show as well, hasn't it? Because it, although this is you know, West Brom doing the thing on stage here. It is and it's a different take on it that you'll have seen from the, the amateur companies and also the, the, the pro companies who've been around the area with this show recently. Yeah, definitely,
9: yeah.
1: And has been exciting?
9: Really exciting, a lot of work, a lot of sweat, but mm-hmm. And with
1: that much dance, uh, it, d- 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 how do you feel about the show? Do you feel more ingrained in it because of the, the level of work you've had to put in? Certainly, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll find a few favourite numbers from the show. We're gonna start this then again, might as well keep you talking. So uh f- favourite song for you?
9: Uh my favourite song is actually one hand one harp, C C D Thanks please. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Mine's a quintet, which is at the uh the end towards the end of Act One, which when all the rival gangs sing about what's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh next, basically, mm-hmm. with the main characters sort of interspersed in with it as well.
8: It's really powerful. Really powerful. Yeah. Song of Me I think is cool, Yeah. The way the, way, the way the lads have worked on that, the way it looks, the way it feels, it's, it's edgy, it's, uh, yeah. I like but the fact there's all different to... ones as well, <laughs> which is quite nice
1: <laughs> too. Yeah. Okay then, come on, we know you enjoy singing it yourself, but yeah. uh, it, it, from, from everybody else's songs in the show, what's your favourite?
7: Cool, yeah. also, yeah, yeah, Cool would be more the one if it wasn't Maria, mm-hmm. so the boys' songs, <laughs> yeah.
9: Yeah, I quite enjoy your duet with Anita, A uh, Boy Like That. Oh yeah. It's got a lot of depth and I think it'll bring the, bring the house down, mm-hmm. really do. Yeah
1: and obviously it is an amateur production and that doesn't mean it's not professional in any way because we know the quality of the the groups across our area but what's it like for for you lot doing this show with friends and family coming to see it again it must be quite exciting for them i know you have, many of you've been appeared on the stage here before but uh, it's still yeah different
8: every show i would think uh, yeah 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 i mean i've got uh, quite a few friends and family coming to watch it and uh, it's uh a different character for me, I, you know, I'm usually uh, tripping over and making a film of myself so this is a, a little more serious for me, so, yeah, looking forward to it.
9: I think it's nice that the that family and friends can come and see an absolute classic Yeah. and this is an absolute classic musical mm-hmm. and it offers so much with brilliant story, brilliant choreography, brilliant music all sort of intertwined together and I think that's lovely for a family to come and see that because I think a lot of the people remember the film something like about 12 Oscars the film won. Mm-hmm. there's not many done there, is there really so it shows the real class of the uh, the piece and the story.
1: And he could well bring the film to a new generation as well who won't have seen it before and we'll think hang on I've seen the show let's see what it's like on celluloid. and
9: it is something that, we, that uh, Simon the director has sort of asked a lot of the the, the the lads in the gangs to actually reference and to look at the film because it was just you know such a classical piece mm-hmm. and I know that him and Steve have actually really tried to sort of not copy the film, but sort of take take some of the, the raw essence out of the film and put it onto the stage.
1: Well, it's obviously good fun, all the parts you're playing. are you? Were you all kind of drawn to the parts you, you, you went for, or were you, did you audition and maybe get moved to different roles that you hadn't expected to? Was it Was it as you thought it would be?
7: Um, we didn't have a Tony for about a month mm. or two into it, so I was just singing to myself. And then we got Tom Sorgans. Yeah, when I got notice of the,
9: the audition and they still hadn't found a Tony, I thought, I'm straight in there, dream part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that was
1: it, you, you absolutely had to do it. Definitely. And uh, yeah, across over here, you, you
8: suit that, 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 uh, that coat, the hat, so well. It was the costume that I went for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, if, if I'm being honest, no singing, no dancing. Um, a <laughs> little bit at the start, half an hour break for a cup of tea, uh, then on for another little bit, and then... Uh, so did you get to see some of the show? Uh, we, yeah, the majority of be from uh, side stage. No, oh, yeah, don't go at
1: the front because if you sat in front of somebody with that hat on, you're going to have trouble. Not laying at the front, I'm no, Absolutely <laughs> not. But it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It is, as I say, at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 27th of November right the way through to the 1st of December. And it's it's one that you absolutely have to come and see, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They are WBOS, West Bromwich Operatic Society. They're a fantastic bunch. They're very, very talented. And not, they're not saying in the room with me. I know they are. It's going to be a brilliant to see if you want to get your hands on tickets 01902 429212 is the box office number or grandtheatre.co.uk to get them online but thank you all break a leg and we look forward to seeing you on stage time for one last christmas song we've been talking about space on the show this is christmas on the moon from eric Alexandrakis.
10: christmas on the moon i never really thought that it would come so soon Christmas on the moon Let's sit out on the porch in our spacesuits And watch the comets bloom All night long I wait for Santa to land Flashlight on, I wanna see him come through the airlock It'll be so grand Hey, you stargazer
6: boy,
10: would you like a blazer for Christmas or a laser toy? Once Dr. Leonard McCoy practically vaporized a salt vampire alien which Kirk had annoyed. All night long I'll wait to hear the thunder from Santa's rockets. See, the reindeer formed a union and told them to stuff it.
1: research from the Royal Academy of Engineering suggests nearly half of young people cite a fear of failure as a reason for not turning an idea into a business. To tell us more about why these entrepreneurial skills they may have aren't being utilised I'm joined now by Elspeth Finch from the Royal Academy of Engineering. So please tell us more about what's going on.
11: Well thank you I mean I think it's some really interesting research that's taken place which is highlighting not only that yes fear of failure can potentially prevent people from starting a business but more importantly what support and skills they need to develop to help them turn that idea into reality.
1: So, I mean, two-fifths have admitted they lack business skills, and a third highlighted a need for advice on protecting their ideas. But obviously, the finance comes into these things too, and it, it can be yeah, the, uh, an element of risk which would put people off.
11: Absolutely. I mean, I'm an engineering entrepreneur myself, so I'm the chief executive of a startup called IAMD and I set up a, a startup when I was 24. So I've been there and done that, and I think... The fear of failure is really normal, and it is quite scary to start up a business for the first time. And that's why they've got the Enterprise Hub at the Royal Academy of Engineering, because it's there to provide not only that, you know, the support in terms of mentorship with people who've, who are entrepreneurs themselves and business leaders, but also, importantly, that training and support to help people learn those skills and to help give them the, the skills that they need from a business perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean there will be a great pool of fantastic new ideas and often an age group will think of an idea that suits their own age group quite well so you've got uh, those between age between 45 and 54 with 43% so nearly half saying that they would keep going to turn an idea into a business but obviously much lower in these younger groups and it's getting across that there is this support there which can be quite tricky sometimes.
11: I think there's two things I think there is making sure there's the support available But also, there is that real need for that grit, that tenacity, and to have that real perseverance to take an idea into a business. Because an idea is really only the start, and it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 50s, your 60s. It will still take a lot of hard work to take an idea and turn it into a business.
1: Mm-hmm. So if somebody has got that tenacity to be able to do this with the sort of support that uh, the Royal Academy uh, are offering, then you know the, there is a major advantage here that could really see them springboard an idea into a, a major business.
11: Absolutely, and that's really the purpose of the Launchpad competition, which is for 18 to 25-year-olds, because it provides the winners with three things. Um, it provides them with uh, the Gammon Award, which is for £15,000 prize, which means they retain all their equity in the business. This is a prize for them to do whatever they want to support their business. It gives them access to Enterprise Hub and gives them support of business mentors and also training. And, you know, it was incredible. We were there last night with the four finalists and the winner, um, Ryan Minkley, the chief exec and founder of Chipboards. Um, and he's going to get all that support to help him and his business really get that support to help them thrive.
1: And that could be you know, cash used to buy raw materials or pay for advertising to springboard an app, that sort of thing. And it, it is having that sort of you know, free cash, which can make a, a massive difference, so a brilliant competition. But if somebody has been able to raise funds, of course, that enterprise hub is already there for them as well.
11: Absolutely. So there's lots of routes in. So it can be used for people who are looking to start a business it can be for academics who are looking to say they've sort of discovered something in the lab and they're wanting to take it into business so there's real support there for people who are those entrepreneurs who really want to take that next step forward in terms of growing their business.
1: So a great opportunity to do that where can they go for this information then?
11: So the key thing is just Google Royal Academy of Engineering and look at the Enterprise Hub site and there's lots of information available there with stories about the past winners and some entrepreneurs as well as all the mentors and the people who can help guide them. So there's a huge wealth of resources available. So just Google the Royal Academy of Engineering and you should find the resources there.
1: Well, Elspeth Finch, uh, thank you for joining us and telling us more. And uh, we look forward to maybe seeing uh, a big boost to the the business winners, and of course the runners up who are going to be uh, know about the full mentoring package available from the Royal Academy of Engineering. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode four hundred and ninety-three next week. I'll see you then. So right
0: for now, goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, goodbye from the milk bar, yeah, goodbye
6: from the milk bar, yeah.